Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This week in league, Brent Kite elects to play out his days in the West, unburdened by the weight of expected premierships. Matt King re-breaks his arm and may pull the pin on his career, which leads to the question... Matt King still plays? The Broncos and the Dragons fighting over Josh Dugan like he's the last pineapple cruiser left at Mardi Gras. And we'll preview round four of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 113 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, and welcome to all our new listeners, of which there are many this week. Hundreds. Hundreds, literally, literally hundreds of new listeners. Legends. So if it's your first time listening to the show, I'd just like to say welcome, and we appreciate you listening. I would also like to say that I apologise for what you're about to be subject to. (laughs) And if you don't, and if you don't listen to the show, if you're too busy fucking doing other shit, you know, hashtagging shit the shit up, then you know. Good luck to you. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about the challenge. We've got no takers on our challenge yet, uh, and the challenge being the the person who gets behind Tom Waterhouse during a cross. With a hash fuck off Tom sign behind him. I saw someone tweet that he's got uh, an armed guard. Yeah. Standing behind him now. Correct. Correct. Someone did tweet that to us. Um, and you know, Clearly that doesn't matter. You don't, have, you, you don't have to actually do physical harm to him. All we're saying, as we said last week, Kyle, you don't actually harm him. All you need to do is just get in the frame with the sign that, you know, that we can read. Yes. And that is legendary status and, you know, probably prizes galore. Uh, we won't, we'll not or pay maybe for, one prize. Yeah, and we will not we will not pay, like, for bail or any of that sort of shit. If you get it, you know, we won't, won't refund the cost of your ticket if you were to no. be ejected for it. We you won't know. even invite you over to our house to watch future games of football that you could be watching live, but, you know. Nothing good like otherwise that. Otherwise banned from the stadium. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing good like that. No. But, yeah, but, you know, something pretty awesome, though. Or um, maybe moderately mediocre. Yeah. So okay, we're giving you nothing. But anyway, good luck with it. Legendary status. That's what they get. They get legendary <laughs> status. Uh, football on the weekend went down and uh, took the young fella to his first game ever. And uh, poor kid. What an epic, successful mission it was. It was uh, shame about the result. Yeah, even the result wasn't a big deal. I mean, yeah, dead. you say that after every loss, but you know. Well, no, like you know, we'll discuss that further in the yeah uh, after the Melbourne Storm, like after the Melbourne Storm final. That was fucked. But this one, you know, when you're the better team, you lose. You know, sometimes you just jag it. You know, sometimes teams jag it. And, yeah, it is what it is. Rugby league is the winner. Such a repugnant fool. <laughs> anyway, tell us about Killer's experience. He fucking loved it. Because that much I am actually interested in yeah. hearing. Yeah, he had a great time. Uh, went down there. I mean, you know, he's, in, he's into riding on the train too. So uh, went down, did the usual thing. Uh, went down to the rang station and caught the, uh, the train to Rabina. Walked over, uh, 
caught up with some uh, some people that we both know. Uh, Jess and uh, Nigel Bridgman. And then Jess course, didn't kill anyone? No. No, she didn't kill anyone. She, was very, she was very well behaved. And, um, yeah, went over to the game. I'll tell you, it was fucking hot day that day. Yes, yes, sir. It was ridiculous. It was 31 degrees, like, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon when the, the game was going to kick off. And even when we left afterwards and, you know, the sun's down, it's like half past six, it was still disgusting, humid. Yeah, it was hot. steamy. It man. was just a ter- terrible weather. Shit weather to be playing football in jail. I mean, I, I, it, was, it was hot enough to sit in there and stand in the shade. Mainly so, lost, probably, the heat. Well, you know... Might, might have been a contributing factor. Was it the ref? Oh, it was Chechen. Yeah, I Chechen, mean, there, there, there is no, there is no, there's no coincidence that the Gold Coast Titans versus Manly are undefeated when Matt Chechen's a referee. That's a, that's an actual fact, <laughs> and there's no, you know, and it's, it's very easy to see why. But um, but yeah, no, he had a good time. He, he liked watching the mascots and and stuff as well. But the only thing, the only down for him, like he loved everything. Like you know, when when um, because we were sitting on the side of the field that. We're on the end, but uh, when Manly were running the first half, Matai was pretty much running straight, you know, straight towards us. So he loved that. And when I point out Matai to him, and um, and the only thing was he's like, going, "It's our turn soon." I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, "It's our turn to go play soon." Like, <laughs> oh, mate, if we're you know, if we're out of a, a ground that values families, like Brookvale. That's the case, mate. After the game, we could get on there and run around for half an hour. Or if it was a Channel 9 televised game, give him a fuck-off time sign, send him out on his way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Legendary status. Um, but unfortunately, you know, uh, unless there's very, very, very rare circumstances, Stadiums Australia are not going to let you run onto the field. Uh, as it is with Skilled Park, uh, it is with uh, Suncorp as well. With like two times that I can remember in memory recent memory at least yes with them, which is uh, Petro Lock- and Lockie Lockie. retiring yeah. and Petro retiring exactly so yeah unfortunately that was a downer for him because he was asking every five minutes he wanted to get onto the field and, and have a run around and it got to the point where at the end of the game I was, I was going to sort of say to the security guy look I'm just going to stick him over the fence for a minute to see yeah. Just, just let him go there's no one around that wasn't going to happen that wasn't going to happen yeah exactly it was never going to happen so um, in any case otherwise he loved it um, They do you, re- do you recall who the Titans mascots are? Personally, yeah. I don't know who wears the suits, mate. No, not the. I mean, the, I mean what the, the suited character, what the characters are. Oh, yeah, the, the Titan. Yeah. And the Titan. Well, that was a robot. The Titan was a robot, according to him. Right. That robot, and then they got this other Titan. The big one. one. Then they got a really big, wide one. Yeah. Round one. That was an elephant. Right. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's an elephant. And uh, then they had a giraffe as giraffes, so he didn't mind the giraffe running around. And uh, then they had a hog's sure breath pig. Sure, he wasn't looking at Dave Taylor. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Dave Taylor. This this is a guy in a giraffe suit, and like yeah, no, the elephant, you dickhead. Oh, the elephant. Well, yeah, it could have been, but I mean, he was walking around the perimeter. Yeah. And yes, was he Dave walking Ta- up and down the sideline? <laughs> no, he was going. Dave no, Taylor. No, no, Why didn't you just point out? No, no, it's Dave Taylor. He was doing complete laps, so it was right. definitely it okay. definitely wasn't Dave Taylor. He wasn't just going, you know, motoring up and down one sideline. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah, had a great time. I was um, I expected him to crash out, you know, pretty quickly, and uh. Took a long time. There was a lot of traffic. It was hard to get even from Rabina down to Broadbeach, where the function was. It was over half an hour drive. Um, went there to Sofitel, and it was all good. Uh, you finally got to meet Matai, um, and Matt and, and Matai was awesome too. Like you know, with the kids and everything. So he's, he's a top guy. Watmo was awesome with him as well. And then by that point, after he, I mean, after he got Matai, that, that was it. it. He was pulled. He said, you know, he, he wanted me to pick him up and cuddle him. And he's had his head on his shoulder and he's like, let's go home. And I'm like, yep, that's fine. 
got what we came here for. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then I thought, well, he just crashed. You know, by the time we got out, because we was parked in the Oasis there, yep. you know, in the shopping centre at Broadie. And um, I thought by the time that you know I got out of the car park, that he'd be out, and he lasted the entire way home. Jeez. Didn't go to sleep watching Yoga over Gabber on the Good in the car. So yeah, so we got home about ten, and so yeah, he probably crashed out, and he didn't sleep in the next morning either. So. That sucked. He could have used another couple well, of hours sleep on Sunday, probably. But there you go. I had high hopes for the kid, but you're setting him down the path of gronkness. Yeah. Now, what happened with with Jackson? Did you take him to a Tigers game as a Tiger supporter? When? When you know at some like his first game. No. Or was it only Broncos? Broncos. Yeah, okay. See, this is where I think you messed up. The de- the damage was done. Yeah. Once you get if you get you get him to a game. With the team and the supporters around it and he was loving it because all the old ducks and everything they all knew he was coming down as well so they, <laughs> they'd all come up and you know and they were talking to him at half time and all that sort of thing and you mean that so, in the nicest possible way the old ducks we're talking yeah. about Jess right yeah Jess and you know Jonesy oh yeah Jonesy's yeah, definitely the, the old bags. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and and he's, and he'd hear people yelling out stuff, at, you know, uh, you know, not not you know swearing stuff, but just you know whatever. And he'd he'd be copying them, and then when Manly scored tries, he's giving high fives around to people, so he's, he's <laughs> freaking loving it. So um, yeah, no, it was really good, and you know, I think that that actually, you know, an experience like that with a kid, I think it it helps you know cement the allegiance a bit better. Like you know, perhaps if you had a, had the opportunity to do that with Jackson, a little difficult to get be, him to a Tigers game. Well, you know, Tigers play Broncos. I mean, let's face it, it was Manly playing Manly. It's difficult to get to a Manly game too, but it just happened to be a Manly game, you know, at a, a reasonable you know distance that you could drive. Damage through. is done with Jackson. He's gone. Well, he's gone now. There's now, no, now, no, now it's too late. I'm just saying, if you had been managed, the adoption had, papers have been signed. Yeah, if you had, if you had managed to do it early, you know, as the first experience you had, though, possibly could have been a different, you know, different scenario. Yeah. But yeah, um, you tried to turn him into a manly fan. That didn't work. So whatever. Well, I didn't try very hard. I signed yeah, him up as a put member. Him a fucking member. Yeah, I signed put him, him as a membership. Member. Yeah, that's trying hard. They're doing, they're doing, they're doing free memberships for kids under six or something. That's about all they're worth too. <laughs> so zero dollars. <laughs> I think now that I think that same membership now costs about thirty bucks. Just <laughs> um, give you a taste, give you a free taste to get you hooked, <laughs> and then bam, hit you with the renewal fee. Um. And also on the weekend, well, not on the week, just before the weekend, actually, after the Storm game where, uh, you know, Billy Slater went for that um, big you know, snap kick in the head of um, Clemmer, <laughs> I believe. Um, I did that picture, that I, I photoshopped that thing up with, you know, just got, I got on Google and had a look at, you know, screenshots of the Karate Kid to photoshop up. And so I did that little sequence there with, um, with Chris saying, you know, sweep, you know, sweep the head. And um, anyway, one of our listeners, Dan, uh, Dashing Dan one is his Twitter, I think. He's got a mate who um, actually does a does uh, like one to four or something, on, you know, in the afternoons on Triple M in Sydney. So he's Dan's shared it on his Facebook page. This guy's got it and um, put it up on the Triple M page on Facebook, and fuck, it went ballistic. On our page itself, on the This Week in League page, we got 109 likes, 82 shares, 20 comments. 20 comments is not is not uncommon, but I mean, you know, 82 shares is fucking ridiculous. You know, maybe you might see five shares or yeah. something. Then Triple M on their page, 514 likes, 303 shares, and 67 comments. Wow. And yeah, it's amazing. And then by the time that that was by Saturday morning, maybe I think I think it was or maybe no, it actually was Friday morning when it was all happening. That's right, and um. By Sunday afternoon, I'd seen that people putting it up, and you know, some fuckhead had you know cropped out the 
offered the this week in league, the address down the bottom, I thought, you stupid fucking cunts. Because I actually put that website address in a position where if you had to, if you if you cropped it out, they kind of fucked up the bottom picture a little bit. So mm. they just only, you know, they, they fucked themselves out of, you know, by, but they couldn't get rid of the logo because I put that in a position where there's just no, there's just no cropping it out. You couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, hopefully got a bit of word around and, um, you know, saw it, we saw a steady increase in the likes on our Facebook page and, and as a result too. So. so if you're listening as a result of uh, seeing that glorious piece of photoshopping brilliance genius <laughs> doesn't bet doesn't hold up to like really close scrutiny but yeah it did the job whatever <laughs> it was impressive um if you're listening as a result of that then once again welcome and uh hit us up with feedback yes correct only if it's good where you go maniacs don't tell us it's shit yeah I'll ask, ask anyone who listens to the show about andos 20 yeah. before you put a bad review <laughs> <or not. laughs> And of course, as has become something I wasn't really planning to do this year, really. But I mean, because because some like three or four bitches complained about it after the first episode. Yes. Did it for the second one. We get another bitch complains about it after the th- second episode. Do it again for the third one. Bitch complains about it. So guess what? We're gonna just keep doing it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so I got some quick fire stuff. Start and the big, clock. Speaking of bitches, yep. big hello to Dave Mac. Hey Dave. Yeah, Dave was the most, the most recent uh, complainee about the the whole the the clock thing. I think. And then you get people defending the clock now. Now the clock's become a thing. So let's start the clock. <laughs> the Dave, the Dave, the David McDonald Memorial timepiece. <laughs> it's Luke, an hourglass shaped just like Dave. Luke O'Donnell stood down for a week after rocking up late to training. Ill-disciplined. Uh, expect better from him. And uh, he probably showed up with no shirt on and put everyone to shame. That's why they suspended him. And very funny that the stories when Luke O'Donnell came back was, you know, he's curved his, you know, his, his d- discipline problems and all that sort of thing. Bam. <laughs> Next minute. <laughs> Stood Go down for a week. late the training. Next. Matt King out for four months and he may pull the pin on his career. What is it with people with broken arms and recurring? Mal Meninga, Scott Prince, Matt King, Lottie Takiri. What is it? I would imagine. Is it a that... particularly difficult bone to uh, have heal itself? Possibly, or maybe it's just you know once once you've broken it once, I mean it, it, it's more difficult for it to come back to the you know the full sort of strength. Maybe NRL players need to drink more fucking milk. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Brent Kite off to Penrith uh, for a two-year deal starting in 2014. Good riddance. He was desperate to get to the Western Suburbs and had to take the second option with Tigers turn their back on him. So uh, good luck to him at Penrith. And you know he's earned a retirement package, and no doubt he'll be getting more money there than he could have otherwise got at Manly. And uh, yeah, so best of luck to him. Get that money. Um, he's going to clock up his 200th game for Manly. Uh, if it's not this week, it's going to be pretty soon. So that 200, uh, 200 games for Manly means uh, automatic application to become a life member of the club. So his heart will always be with the club. And uh, he can come back in some sort of role after he's cashed in his checks. Who cares? Next. Beaver. Who may cares? Go around, Next. May go around for another year. He's tearing it up at the moment in England. I mean, if you're not aware. Um, tearing it up and he's saying that you know, now at this point you know sort of not quite midway through the season but so far he's, he's like body feels good and everything and he could probably go he's just going to take it year by year he could probably go another year next so what I'd like to see is he come back play with Manly for another year 
Come play Manly, give some experience, you know, just bench player or whatever. Give some experience to the kids and, more importantly, get back that record for games played. <laughs> It'd be just the type of thing Manly would do too. Okay, now stop that clock. Proper news, or the longer news. Ben Barber will make his return in the Good Friday clash with South Sydney. Um, that's one month out of the wall. It's not even one month. It's three games out of uh, the rotation. And uh, he has been magically cured. It was a two-week cure because he's been back training. So, you know, so two weeks to be cured for being a degenerate gambler and and, uh, and uh, charter member of the Epic Bender crew. So. I hope for his sake that he has made some serious strides towards recovery. I don't think he's cured, as you put it. Um and I honestly think that actually the act of playing footy and doing something that he really enjoys is probably going to aid his recovery from the issues that he's had. Um, it's whether the pressure that and the, the spotlight of his return and, you know, if he turns out and has a blinder, then the media attention that that's going to generate, or if he has a shocker, then, you know, at the same time, that's going to generate its own media hype. Um which could send him spiraling, spiraling again, and um, that's not something I want to see, or any footy fan, or anyone that, you know, obviously is close to the guy wants to see either. So uh, precarious little position that um, not only he finds himself in, but also the Canterbury club itself. Um, I hope it all works out well. I think um, he deserves to um, make a go of things. He's, he's had some hard times, and I hope it works out well for him. So, Michael Ennis has got some quotes here in this article saying that uh, the return's not just about his fitness, but his personal welfare. Ben is in great shape. He had a wonderful pre-season, which was obviously disrupted for a period of time in February, but he's back at training now, and he's working really hard to get into shape, and the key is he feels good about himself now, and his head's where it needs to be. So, um, who would have known? Who would have thought, back when all this sort of fired off, you know, uh, you know, a month ago, or whenever it actually kicked off, who would have known that the cure for Ben Barber not wanting to play football anymore, was to play football. That's some fucking revolutionary shit right there. <laughs> Todd Greenberg, you should be the chief of the NRL with that kind of fucking brain. Oh, God. <laughs> such a repugnant fool. Good luck, so, Ben yeah. Barber. I hope you come back and kill it. Yeah, so, you know, no doubt their one one win, two loss record had a lot to do with it as well. And given the fact they're playing the Rabbitohs who are undefeated at this stage in the season, no coincidence there. Uh, Frank Pritchard's also coming back as well. Well, he's on a, just, he's on an a afterthought. Six, yeah, he's he's an afterthought. Uh, he's on a six-man bench, so yeah, it's not guaranteed. But I wonder you, how you long before Cassiano's back? They're really missing him. Yeah, yeah. and they got Chompy as good with. as Tapau's, um, Tapau's doing rather, and um, and Tolman as always. But um, they, they're certainly missing that uh, that extra size of Cassiano, which they relied so heavily on last year. Yeah, and they got Hannibal Lecter to come back to at some point. Yes, Chewy, Chewy. Um, and the other things, Aiden Tolman. Remember. Probably two years ago, like not last season, but season before, he was a fucking gun. Mm. Like he was, he was tearing shit up. He was probably the the number one prop they had. Then Desi comes on the scene, and his his uh his output's gone down massively since those days. Hey, eh? maybe Desi's more worried about uh, quality over quantity, Nathan. Maybe Desi just doesn't like Tolman, and you know maybe he should think about you know maybe shipping out to a team that would appreciate his considerable talents. Manly, if you will. Yeah, I suppose. Short on props. God knows that. Oh, we've got tons of props. We just need like a, we just need an older head to guide him through. Yeah. You just got you least. just shipped his ass out to Penrith. Yeah, he's an older expensive head, that guy. <laughs> a cheaper one, like Tolman. 
Next, Corey Norman signs with the Eels. This has been, you know, going around for a couple of weeks now, but it's actually happened. They've signed Corey Norman on a three-year deal starting in the 2014 NRL season. Um, what have we got here? They're going to finalise the, these contract details, but the 21-year-old who has been in the Broncos system since he was a teenager and was previously identified as Darren Lockyer's 5-8 replacement has Jesus. signed for close to $1.5 million. Over how many years? Three, so he's getting half a million a year. That's a Fuck. fucking lot. A lot of money for a 21-year-old who's done nothing. A lot of money. And Fuck. just because he, you know, just, just because he was identified as That's possibly... That's like 500000 for every time he's passed the ball in his career. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Passed by kidney stones and rugby league balls. 500,000, very good game. He's played in his first grade career too, probably. So And change. He's going to play his 50th game for Brisbane on Friday night against the Storm. Made his debut round one, uh, 2010. So apparently Brisbane were very keen to retain Norman. And were and when these rumours to the Eels had already started up, they decided, decided to step up the negotiations and get him there. But he wants to play 5-8th. They picked Prince up and put him in there. Mm. So, you know, that is a bit of a kick in the teeth. And especially given that, you know, Scott Prince is doing nothing, but we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, off he goes. Might be might be good for him. He's been in that Broncos culture and within the club for a number of years now. And, and he's obviously a player of, of a lot of promise. Brisbane have identified that. And obviously Parramatta have as well, outlaying that sort of coin, which means they're going to have... A halves pairing on well over a million bucks a year. Yeah. With him, you, you would imagine he's not going to have to battle Ben Roberts for the spot. Who've done nothing. Who, you know, halves pairing has done nothing, essentially. Wow. Um, big coin between Sandow, Hayne, and, and Corey Norman. Mm-hmm. Three players. Yep. Nice big chunky salary cap right there. Hey, don't forget Hopper Juniors, you know, if he's still going to yeah. turn up there. He's got he's on about, you know, 758. So. Wow. There's a lot of fucking cash going out the door there. They want to hope yeah. that cap increases a bit. Oh, so. which which they expect it to do. But look, you couldn't you couldn't uh, imagine him knocking that sort of coin back. So good luck to him. I hope he does take things up a level. And because um, I think some of his performances at the Broncos have been a little bit underwhelming, given the promise that it that they've obviously you know identified in him. So I, I think uh, you know maybe that change and get him out of that system and. And under Ricky Stewart might might be the thing he's looking for to take his game to another level. And the beautiful thing is that uh, he will be. He did. You, did you see the comment that he made? Um, that was kind of like a, a dig on um, Papali, where he's like, you know, I'm definitely going to honour my contract or something. Oh, <laughs> he wow. actually said. But um, not only that, um, I think it's also good for him to get started. You know, to sort of ease into his role at Parramatta a bit better and a bit quicker. Mm. He gets to spend the rest of this year with the Broncos, so he'll have a really good taste of what it's like to, to play in a losing culture by the end of the year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're a troll. <laughs> a repugnant troll. Was your, did you just watch Pulp Fiction or something for the first time? You just learned a new word no. of repugnant, did you? No, no. I just realised how much that word reminds me of you. <laughs> uh, now, next, the first casualty of the post-shoulder charge world. Richie Fauso has pleaded guilty to dangerous contact but will attempt to get the length of his ban reduced at Wednesday night's judiciary hearing, uh, which is uh, probably as we speak. Richie faces a three-match ban. Wednesday night. It's Tuesday night, isn't it? Wrong show. Yeah, okay, so tomorrow night. Fucking tired. Try and keep up, man. Fucking tired, man. So tired. 
It's fucking hard work carrying you. Um, <laughs> Richie faces a three-match ban if he's unsuccessful in having the grade three charge downgraded. Grade two charge would sideline him for just one match, while grade one would enable him to play against West on Thursday. So, uh, Brent Kite, I didn't even realise that Brent Kite was on, on um, report for anything was at the, actual, at the game, but uh, he had a grade one dangerous contact charge, um, so he's uh, pleased guilty, gets away with that. And uh, we had some other guys. Ben Ross was on the same charge. He's going to get away with that. And Matt Gillette has pleaded guilty to a grade one careless high tackle charge and is free to play on Friday night. So, interesting. Of course, of course it would have to be a Manly player, oh. the first one the first one who uh, were actually tested. I mean, because Sandow, Manly players are grubs. Sandow, Sandow's been shoulder-charging people to shit every single game all season. Fucking countless other examples, and people are like going, oh, that should have been done. Oh, no, it wasn't. That should have been done. No, no, it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, that Manly guy does it. Yeah, we'll fucking throw the book at him. To be fair, he did kill a guy and stab him with a trident. Yeah, but that was an accidental head clash. And let's face it, Fosso's so got a hard head. And he's looked at the guy, you know he's got a hard head. Damn straight. Ashley Harrison? Porcelain. Marshmallow. Absolute pillow of the game. <laughs> and of course he's going to get snuffed out. I mean, he could have been grasped around the ankles and he would have been snuffed out. I mean, he was just looking for a way out. I hope he gets 14 weeks. And furthermore, Ashley Harrison, don't for go his around... Heinous, his heinous act. Ashley Harrison can't go... Uh, he better not go walking around and go, Ooh, I played 250 NRL games. 249.5, motherfucker. You got until half-time next week before... You, if, you, if you even back up and play next week before you can start saying you've played 250 games, son. Jesus. Cat. Recaps, the Melbourne Storm, this is a Thursday night game, I should have said, Storm 22 defeat the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 18, um, close scoreline, got very close towards the end, uh, it's played down there at Amy Park, and uh, half time, Storm up 10-0, now the points went as follows, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Mahe Fanua, Matt Duffy and Luggy Setu scored tries, Cameron Smith kicked three of four goals, the Bulldogs had tries to Chris and Inu, Chris Keating, Sam Perrett and Inu was three of three from the boat. Cooper Cronk, ultimately the difference between the two sides, he had a fantastic game um, as he's had in every game so far this season, so he's, he's in career best form. Definitely. Just saying something for him. Yep. Um, I think the Bulldogs are once again gallant in defeat. Um, and I think that's a pretty dangerous side when they do strike form with a full complement of players. Um, we just spoke about Barber coming back and Pritchard. So things are starting to happen for them. Um, I haven't really been blown out in games. They've, they've hung in there and they've been ultra competitive. So a uh, bit of confidence, full complement of players. I think it's good signs ahead for the Bulldogs. So what do you put down to the... I mean, because you remember Melbourne Storm had a match-winning lead here and then the Bulldogs just got a couple of late tries to make it a little bit exciting in the last, you know, couple of minutes. And they had their, they had a couple of opportunities um, to put some more points on if they were good enough, but just the, the last pass or um, a run here or a run there just went astray and, and they couldn't get the job done, which is a credit to Melbourne's defence. But um, I think maybe with, you know, maybe even with Barber in the side or Pritchard or both... Um, think could have been a different story, but um, it wasn't to be in this one. But 
I'm not sure if they play again this season. It'd be interesting to see how they go um, again, you know, with the Bulldogs with all their players and a little bit of form under their belt uh, to see if they can challenge the Storm. But at the moment, the Storm look pretty much unbeatable. And, you know, what I've, I had the feeling it's almost like they took their foot off the pedal a little bit towards the end, which, you know, had had more to do with the Dogs being able to come back than which, anything amazing the Dogs did. Which Bellamy will identify as uh, an area that they'll need to work on. So, God forbid, whoever they played this week but um the Broncos good times <laughs> but yeah that's right I mean it's the best time of the season for a team to have something like that absolutely but uh, yeah, you can't really so. begrudge your form at the moment no. um I think uh you know the Slater incident wasn't intentional I don't think um he does have a bit of a habit of of sticking a leg out whether it's it's a technique thing or um you know but you see players um that get done for high tackles Yep. get spoken to about their technique uh, to, to try and save them having any lengthy sus- suspensions. Um, you look at some of Slater's history of, of sliding in, you know, studs yep. up. and yep. um, There's a few little incidents in his career that the stomp on uh, John Scandalis all those years ago, and there's a few little things in his career that he probably wouldn't be too proud of. But this one, I, I think, it was you know, it's a contact sport. It's purely accidental accidental. Um, That's why they got careless and reckless charges, though, too. Oh, look... Because, you know, what if you throw your foot out? I dare say that's pretty, that, that's pretty careless. And, you know, even What even, if his foot reckless. isn't there? Does the guy tackle him in the air? Because he was a long way up. Yeah, but he was yeah. just standing there. It wasn't like he was... He, he was running in. That's why the, but he was it was as off. bad as he was. That's why... The reason he got clipped on the end of the foot is if he had been running in, he would have got, like, a, a knee or a thigh or something like that. I mean, he, he basically was sitting himself in the position... I think he got the foot flushed to the face... Yeah, As that's he right. So, so he was so he was at the end of the end of the thing, and obviously he would have been setting himself to wait till you know feet touch the ground and then pound him and like you know try and dislodge the ball or you know hit him in a heavy tackle. And that's clearly what was happening. I mean, contact sport it was an accident. Yeah. Um, you know, I if you can look eyes. at the Richie Fayoso thing and say it was an accidental head clash, and you can look at Billy Slater and say he should be banned for life. I mean, you know, it's a little bit. I didn't biased. say Billy Slater. Saying, could be, I didn't say he could be banned for life. Not since we hit record. Not been before we had record. I think you should get a week to think about it. If 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 only for you know the, the weeks he hasn't received for the the truly illegal shit he's done, like you said, like the soccer slides or you know the baseball sliding into home base shit. So um, you know he's a grub and he needs the time time on the sides to think about it. And obviously the seven weeks or whatever he caught for the the stomp on Scandalas, you know, wasn't enough to change his ways. He's gotten worse if anything. <laughs> so <laughs> now go to Twitter at Muggo Eight. But uh, this uh, Muggo, this this might be a, the first time tweeter. Could well be. And, but let me tell you, welcome Muggo. Let me tell you, if it is the first time tweeter, then he's taken to it like a like a duck to water. That uh, that'll fucking do me. You can flying sidekick some cunt in the head and still get man of the match. Hash dog cunt. Hash fuck off channel nine. I mean, you'd swear he's been tweeting this every week for three years with that kind of output. <laughs> uh, but gotta love Keefy. A great game tonight. It's hard to fault the Melbourne three, but the Dockies gave it a good go tonight. Slater, man of the match, has to be a fucking joke. So there's a theme there. Rev Sunny 101. An undermanned dog side played with a ton of heart. It's not often I feel this positive after a loss. And uh, GT351 underscore Johns. We got very close and tried hard. We gave too many penalties, uh, too many errors, and we had T-Rex. Yet still got close. Very proud. Still a bit of T-Rex hate out there, isn't it? Man, I had to actually cut cut them down because there were so many. I, I had to include a couple of T Rex ones, 
but it's hilarious the way it's going at the moment, like with the doggies lamenting the purchase of T-Rex and Manly fans laughing and pointing and saying, we told you so. It's just tremendous. Uh, the Chapo 82. It's time for T-Rex, as in car wreck, to go. The bloke is a waste of money and hopefully you can take Keating with him. Hash Keating out. And uh, three card magic trick said, many said we'd get flogged by 30, but the mighty bulldog stepped up and did the club proud. Great performance. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Not even relevant. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. It's still happening to this day. Year, over a year later, it's tremendous. Um, although I can't remember when Tigers in Decline really started. It wasn't right at the start of the year because, you know, you, you had to decline first before we could actually start saying it. Uh, but speaking of Tigers, next game, Friday Night Football. West Tigers, 31, defeated Parramatta Eels, 18. Geez, that 31 would have been a nervous bit, nervous uh, score to have to. Um, never in doubt, mate. Never in doubt. At Leichhardt Oval. And a bit of a better crowd this time too, so uh, good on your West Tigers fans. Uh, half-time, this one was over. 18-0 to the West Tigers. Uh, their points came from tries to uh, double to Chris Lawrence. Uh, Benji got a try. Blake Ashford got a try. Tim Maltzen got a try. Benji, 5 out of 6 from the boot and a field goal. Paramount Eels, their 18 came from tries to Ryan Morgan, Jacob Loco, and Vi Tautai. And Chris Sandow, 3 from 3 off the boot. Yet more improvement from the Tigers. Um, some good progress after that abysmal performance in the first round. They've, they've, you know, they're a bit scratchy um, in round two against Penrith. But uh, in this game, certainly in the first half, they played really controlled. They identified uh, Sandow in the defensive line and ran some players at him with Lawrence, um, and forcing him to to stop the bigger man, bigger um, close to the try line, and, and he failed on two occasions. But um, there was a, a bit of a time there in the second half where the Eels did look like they were trying to make a bit of a run. The Tigers took some time to compose themselves, but through Robbie Farrow, who had an absolute blinder yep. um, after signing his contract um, earlier in the week uh, to, to remain a Tiger for the rest of his career, um, you know, backed it up with a magnificent chase to, to save a certain try. I was like to say, I applaud Robbie Farrow for signing that deal. And just goes to show loyalty is not dead. In this That's game, exactly rugby league. Right. I mean, for a man to choose loyalty over possible premiership success, it's a wonderful thing, and I applaud it. Possible premiership success at Parramatta? You fucking kidding? Fifteen other clubs, man. Not just Parramatta. Parramatta were the ones that were chasing him hard, and if they <laughs> win a title before the West Tigers do, I were the uncle of a monkey. Um, <laughs> Paris slipped back into the carny zone. <laughs> I think uh, some of the some of the things they did in the first half. Uh, Stuart even said in the, the press conference that, uh, you know, really not kind of the plan <laughs> as far yeah. as he's trying to implement there. And it shows that old habits die hard. But uh, they did try and make a game of it in the second half. And they they looked like they, they were coming to get the Tigers, but um, just couldn't get it done ultimately. I think Jacob Miller is, is progressing pretty well. Um, and I've m- made a lot of comparisons between him and Adam Reynolds, the only difference being that Miller is clearly a better player. But... Um, much like Reynolds last year to start the season, there was a little bit of uh, you know interest and in, in conjecture over whether he's going to be able to do the the job at halfback with all those players, um, those big name players around him. It was it was this time of the season where he was really solid but unspectacular. Um, you know he he was his kicking game was good, his passing game was directing the team around the park, but uh, without doing anything you know really fantastic in games. Um, that came later in the year, um, sort of around and after the origin period and then and lasted until 
unfortunately he was hurt. I think Miller is starting to head in, in a similar sort of vein. So um, He had a really controlled performance. His kicking game was good. I think the whole Tigers kicking game was good. Farah, Benji, um, and, and also Miller as well. So good signs for the Tigers. I was pretty happy with the way they played, certainly in the first half. Yeah, they played I mean they played pretty well against a team that was certainly in the first half, non existent opposition. And um I guess the 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 upside for Parramatta is they only lost essentially they lost by two tries. Mm. But you gotta remember one of them was that fucking total snoozer of the of a quick tap one where they just went past Stroke of genius, like, some it, would say. Well, it's just basically they just you know he he did it, and they were just like so fucking sleepy on it. Just one of the most ridiculous things, one of the easiest tries, and one of the stupidest things you ever see on the football field. I mean, you know, it's like you know, like the guy gets tackled hard and turns around and plays the ball the wrong mm. direction. It was like yeah. it was that stupid, you know. So um, and so yeah, you take that away, and they you know they weren't that far behind after eighty minutes, but their first half they were just you know they just weren't in it at Abysmal. all. Uh, Twitter, Jay Stib, fucking hell, I would rather fly Tiger Airways in the Hain plane at the moment. Hash fuck off, Tom. Queely's back. The underscore Q78. Why does Rabs keep saying coverage costs us nothing? Whenever Waterhouse is on, it costs viewers a piece of their soul. And he tweeted that to Channel 9 as well, so good job. Jace Dibio, they got that one. Uh, Dashing Dan won. The only way I could be more pissed off with the Eels tonight would be if Tom Waterhouse played 5 8. <laughs> He'd probably do a better job than Ben Roberts. And I uh, know you got Queensland Dragon. The only thing worse than that would yeah. be Ben Roberts would be giving out gambling advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ben Roberts taking on the punters. Uh, QLD Dragon, who I've got to say, Phil has been he's been bringing it this season on the Twitter. And this one is another another great uh, topical quality individual. It's a, it's a, it's a quality this week in league tweet because he incorporates a lot of shit. Someone get the hash rally towel. Paris season just Harlem shat itself. <laughs> hash fuck off Tom. I mean, he's, how many inside wow. references can he drop in one tweet? And he didn't even avail himself of all 140 characters either. It was pretty <laughs> short sense. Uh, gotta love Keefe. A mighty effort tonight, but Para beat themselves. Benji's quick tap was a highlight tonight. Robbie's chase was first class. Hash, love it. Yes, me too, mate. Me too. Uh, at Linea, Curtis said, Oh, this fuckhead. Tigers succeed in spite of how disappointing they actually are. They have many fooled. Skyfall jerseys are perfect then. Hash, film critic. And he's also having a bit of an inside dig because he hated Skyfall and everyone else seemed to like it. And so he's had to fight a lot. When that movie came out, he had to fight a lot of battles over it. So, yeah. you know, and we didn't really I touch on I hope he lost them all. Didn't really touch on the jersey. You, you bought it yet? Can you buy it? No, you, you can. You had to bid on them at auction and I oh, meant okay, to go on, on line and uh, Nicklin gave me a ridiculously low budget. For what was the budget? Her her budget two hundred fifty bucks. Okay, so, so the jersey so is one hundred sixty dollars. Yeah, okay, so two fifty for an auction. I'm like, I'm thinking I'll go five hundred. Might even sneak up to a thousand if I can jag one. And then I, yeah, you could have got like the you I could have got the number one for two fifty, probably one hundred sixty five. Molson. No one wants Molson jersey. Seventy five bucks. Who <laughs> uh, played on the other wing last? Was was ready on the other wing for this game? Joel fucking ready. Yeah, I mean, so you could probably get that one for one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty bucks. He's got to pick your spots. You're not going to get. I wonder when the auction closes. I'll have to have a look. You're not going to get Cora Beattie because I mean he's like you know become more popular. You're not going to get Benji Robbie. I mean forget about that shit. Yeah. You know those things are going for you know probably a good you know two hundred fifty one two hundred fifty two dollars each. <laughs> Can we just move on? Jacob okay. Millie get that cheap. But you would want Robbie's one, right? Robbie first, then Benji, yeah, yeah. then probably Liam. Liam. Liam Fulton. I love Liam Fulton. Yeah, exactly. Don't like... fucking look at me like I just fucking <laughs> pissed on your grave. 
<laughs> I'm telling Liam Fulton this. <laughs> Next time right. I see him. <laughs> Which will be when? I don't know. When's the first time going to be? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so the answer is no, you didn't get the jersey, but you will attempt to win one at auction. Oh, I, I would imagine the auction's probably over and I've missed my chance, but... Uh, I didn't mind them. I thought the jerseys actually looked good on the field, a little bit better than the the views that they showed uh, over social media before the game. So. Yeah. It's a pretty niche thing. You'd want to be a West Tigers fan and a James Bond fan, really, to oh, go hard on it. I'd probably fit both of those bills. Or, or a completist. Like, yeah. you know, you've got every single Tigers jersey that's ever happened and, you know, yeah. you need it for yourself. I don't necessarily fit that category but no I've got, not even close I've, I've got a number of jerseys you've got the best one why do you keep going you've got Hamburglar yeah, what more do you need <laughs> and Lance Armstrong <laughs> and you've got Hamburglar and Lance Armstrong you're wearing now Lance Armstrong's actually pretty much your uniform for recording the show this year it's, I think you've worn it every time it's super comfy I like it yeah. it's not as heavy as the other one yeah it's because well, it's, it's made for cycling <laughs> exactly <laughs> through, through the French Alps <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, makes one of my balls shrink I don't know why <laughs> Sweet Nigel B. You see that? Nigel Bridgman's changed his Twitter handle to Sweet Nigel B. That guy's a fuckhead. Oh, my God. It's, it's, yeah, oh, he's, he's the most unlikely person to call himself Sweet. Yeah. Seriously. Which is this why it's so excellent. spends a really, a really disproportionate amount of time sitting at home in a pair of stained Y fronts. You got a lot of information movies. here that I don't think is public access. How do you know? Well, take one look at him. You've been on chat roulette with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we webcam a lot. <laughs> right. We webcam a lot, but uh, yeah, he's a sad individual. He ain't no sweet Nigel B, that's for sure. And here he is with a tweet that, uh, you know, with references that you might actually get. Wash your fucking wife front. He said, I watched Game of Thrones instead and got very annoyed when Tom Waterhouse came on with odds for the Lannisters over the Starks. <laughs> And fall of reach. That's funny, Nigel B. Yeah, yeah. See, now do you, do you regret all that shit you just said? No, no, it's all factual. All right. All right. <laughs> At fall of reach. So this might be the first one for Cam this year. If Hayne, uh, and speaking of references, this is one you won't get. If Hayne were a plane, he'd be Oceanic Eight One Five. Hash references Glenn won't get. Oh please, I've seen snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> not, that's not it either. Though. I know. <laughs> lost. It's a lost reference. Right. It's a plane that they're only crashing the lost. Yeah, you. Cameron. Um, Saturday. Lost in my eyes. Gold Coast Cameron. Titans, 16. Jag and Arcee won over the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 14 at Skilled Park. Now, the official crowd, once again, I fucking hate to harp on this, 13,168. And I can tell you from... I was there and... I counted every single person there. And was, and there was 14 people. It's, it's, it's the same old situation. The We've away, spoken about it ad nauseum. Yeah, the away supporters end was packed. And there were Titan supporters there too because, you know, I can't remember when they changed it, but it was changed for the game at the end of last season as well, is that the away supporters bay used to be like directly behind the posts on the, mm. would have been the southern end. Um, then they changed it. And so, like, they actually, that, that directly behind the post bay, it was like a general admission so you'd get like Titans fans all in there and then Manly fans would fill up all around in the gaps and then the bays either side to two either side so that was packed as usual um it's a really fucking hot day um the the usual stand like that other stand where we sit for you know where we saw the test match and things like yep. that wasn't very full probably like half full maybe max um the other end was you know maybe half full 40% full um there's it seemed like there are a few members there but that shouldn't really change the uh 
the crowd number because I heard that they actually count the members whether they turn up or not, which is you know partially why the the crowd figures seem, you know, tend to be more inflated but than they really seem to be. Their numbers aren't that flush either, are they? Don't know, don't know. But um, you know, I mean, on the on that side, the uh, what the would Unless be the western free side. Houses, free houses to every member. Yeah, no, it's just the players, not the members. Oh, sorry. The members are probably paying for those houses. Um, Half time, <laughs> it was riveting. Two points to nil. <laughs> the Titans, 16 points came from tries to Ryan James and David Mead, and Caesar got four goals. Uh, Manly tries to a double to Jorge Tafua and Tommy Symes. It was all, almost another Georgie Orgy. And uh, yeah, almost another Georgie Orgy. This one is just, uh, you know, it's nothing even rhymes. Uh, Tom Simons uh, has been, best- the new nickname has been bestowed T Red. Oh, God. Twice as I good. I wish that upon the Paul Ranger. He's a Ranger, as if he hasn't got enough problems. Twice as good, quarter of the price. T Red in the house. And uh, Jamie Lyon, un- un- uncharacteristic and dare, dare, dare I say, match losing performance from the boot with one of three goals. Oh. <laughs> Like Benji Marshall's do. Yeah, he only missed one that was he only missed one that you give him shit about because one one was fairly easy and he missed and then he jagged one from right out on the sideline but the other one he missed was a sideline one as well so yeah fair enough. Man, um, Manly have developed a habit over the last few seasons of giving lesser sides leads and, and backing themselves to run over them. I just think in in 2013 they're not quite the side they once were and and it showed in this game. I think uh, they had a real red hot crack at coming back and getting the Titans, um, but. Whereas probably even as early as last season, they would have still run them down. They they couldn't quite get the job done. Well, they played they they played like absolute shit the entire time. Defensively, they were great the whole time. Um, both sides were great defensively. Um, but Manly, they played their attack. They played absolute shit the entire time. Matai, although he was absolutely beast mode in the last twenty minutes and a big big factor as, uh, with the comeback. In the first half, when he was running directly, you know, towards where we were sitting, there were two clear times where if he had just instead of going himself, he had just like slung the ball out to to the left to Jorge. Two tries guaranteed. There was another situation where he made a break, and if he had to pass the ball inside, Brett Stewart was unmarked, would have gone in under the sticks as well. Um, three completely bomb tries, um, and that's the you know apart from the fact they actually outscored them with tries anyway. I mean, the Titans. They seem to have a little bit. They have seemed to be working on like a a team spirit kind of thing. And their defence is okay, like it's pretty good, but they've got nothing in attack, and they're not a very threatening side at any at any stage. Um, so I'm not sure how far it's going to get them, but I think they're this, you know they're starting to build like a you know more morale and stuff that you know yep. they didn't have last year. So I think that's that you know they'll it'll probably serve well, them well had against some, some games. Competitive performances, yeah, year. yeah. I think and I think yeah I think that'll that'll kind of keep them in contest, and their defence definitely seems to be better than it has been. So I think that will keep them in a lot of contests, and then you know if they can yeah jag points where they can get them, then you know they might be able to pull out some wins. Well, they did that like they did with this one here. I mean, as far as man is concerned, I mean. Two he wasn't particularly worried, and it's probably good to get a wake up call now rather than later when it actually when it's really going to count. But um, the you real know, wake up call is coming in a few days' time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, now, uh, do you have anything else to say, or can I go to the Twitter people? No, I've got nothing else to say about okay. mainly. Um, but yeah, great. It was great, great afternoon down there. Uh, once again, catching up with the uh, the chosen people. And um, and it was good. The function after was good as usual. That Arco there as well, the legend. Are they still trotting him out. Well, he lives in the Gold Coast now, so weekend at Arco style. 
just trotting yeah. him out on a stretcher. He's all good. He's all good. And after he did a speech up, Jonesy on the, there with you know holding up his hand and waving to people. After he did his speech up at the up on the stage, he actually like he gave a speech. Of, yeah, instead of walking down off the stage down the steps to the side, he actually like jumped off the front. Like, it's probably about you know two foot off the ground. So you know he still got it. The old guy still got life. That was someone dressed up in the narco suit. If, if the real Arco had a jumped off the stage, his bones would have disintegrated into a fine powder. If Chris, if Chris Lawrence had a jumped off the stage, he would have dislocated his fucking hip. Uh, Chris Lawrence <laughs> scored two tries on the weekend. If uh, oh yeah, but it was Parramatta, and I mean, my God, did you see how easy they were? There was nothing in that. Tim Moulton could have played centre and got those tries. No, he couldn't. Hot Sauce could have played centre and got those tries no, after his injury. Six tries <laughs> after his injury last year when he was on one leg. Um, where are we? Cambo ninety six. Who I saw down there. How packed is Skill Park? Says no one ever. Ash Titans crowd in decline. Drew underscore Nathan five said, In my opinion, the football gods are punishing Manly for DCE having a shit Raiders haircut. What was the guy with his hair? Don't know. Um, apparently, he was unrepentant. <laughs> I know someone that went up and just asked him and said, Fucking cut your hair. Yeah, what's to do with your haircut? And he was like, You know, I, I, I don't know what this full story is. I say he's bored in a hotel before. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that Jamie Bure cut it too, but I'm not sure if that's true. Oh, um, at, Jamie Bure cut it after putting his headgear on backwards. At, shout at the devil. Well, that was fucked. Shit and fucked. And not enough opportunities for me to hate on Greg Woman Beater Bird. Uh, hammers. Hash fuck Manly. What a game from the Titans. Still early days, but they're looking good this year. Losing Prince was a genius. Right, and I do, and honestly, and as I said, I don't, I don't think they've got anything in attack. I mean, one of their tries was you know just you know good working, you know stacking a forward up against little guys, uh, and the second one was actually like you know Brett Stewart, someone slipped over and you know missed the ball, and it was just an opportunity, you know lucky bounce sort of thing. So really, I think they've still got a lot of work to be done on the attack, and I don't think that Prince would have been a detrimental to you know with the defensive structure they've got this year. I think that's more the key to them, you know, being competitive. Sure, and they look fucking weird out there on their right side with Buster Rhymes and fucking Cisco. <laughs> I'm down their right edge. <laughs> Get ludicrous and T pain yeah, and yeah, exactly when we're talking about you know haircuts, the Titans, and then you got Greg Bird in there as well. You know, being Cisco Junior, so they got some, they got a lot to answer for. I mean, they're they're probably you know Canberra okay by far and away. Canberra's definitely number one for worst haircuts, but Gold Coast is trying. They're, they're going, I mean, they're throwing the bleach in there as well to try and you know up their game. And they're pretty pretty bad. Uh, we're here at Manly Brett. One of those games when the dominant team doesn't win. Sweet Nigel B. Manly know what they're doing, and us mere mortals can but watch in awe. They will sing songs about tonight's strategic loss. <laughs> Who the fuck said that? <laughs> Nigel Bridgman. Oh, sweet Nigel B. <laughs> yeah, sweet Nigel B. <laughs> and uh, moron. The real Jedi. I don't mind losing when you're beaten by a better team, but we were our own worst enemy. Shave it off, DCE. <laughs> a lot of people I don't know why they're blaming his hair, haircut or anything because I mean, it wasn't like he was terrible he's or anything. a fucking rock star well, he, that's the problem it's not, he wasn't terrible or anything it's Jamie it? Soward of, of Manly Warringah yeah. Gus Burke goes <laughs> fuck that's a mouthful <laughs> okay now this now, I mean who would have said this is a Vuvuzela at the time but the Sydney Roosters 8 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 0 in front of a crowded Allianz of allegedly 13,000. I don't think, I've never seen 13,000 people there except for finals. Uh, half-time, the Roosters were up 6-0 over the Broncos. The eight points came from barbecues galore, really. James Maloney got a try <laughs> and two goals. Um, Broncos, zero tries, zero goals. 
Dare I say zero future in the finals? You can say that. I think it's pretty accurate. I think the, the Broncos' attack is as worrying as it is non-existent. And I think um, they're still playing Prince out of position, but I'm not sure even with him in the seven that they're going to be exponentially better. Yeah. Um, Credit their defence, I guess, for holding the Roosters to such a low score and only the one try. But um, there's, there's been a lot of talk over the Broncos and how how poor their attack is and what the answers might be, etc. But I think the Roosters shouldn't be immune from criticism regarding their attack either. When you look at some of the names they've got in that yeah. side with Pierce, Maloney, um, Jennings. Sonny Bill, Jennings. Um, two dads. Two dads. You know, there's some, some real strike power in that side. And I think the Broncos... You know, outside of, um, you know, Hodges and, well, well yeah, Hodges, Hodges is their most creative player, Hodges right? Hodges and Hodges. Daylight. And Hodges. He is by far their most creative player. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's you, not there. You, you go through their spine, I think Corey Norman, uh, for all the promises, is ultimately underwhelming yep. um, as, as an attacking spark. Um, you've got Hodges in the centres. Jack Reed offers very little on the other side of the field. Their halves are playing out of position, should be swapped around. But even then, um, you know, has Prince still got enough of his game to to, to drag some of these other guys up? Times uh, would say no. But they certainly would. And McCulloch getting a little bit too predictable out of dummy, dummy half. Yep. Uh, I think he needs to, to, to mix his game up a little bit. But, um, you know, who's he turned to? You know, oh, it, Griffin. Griffin's Dugan? obviously uh, he, he's still fairly new in, he, in his NRL uh, regime there at the Broncos, and you know the assistant coach is Steve Carney. Yep. I mean, they're on. Oh, I've been charged for two minutes as well. Yeah. Look, I um, this wasn't much of a game of football, unfortunately, and I'm just worried. I think the Broncos have have got by for a long time. When when t- going got tough, they've turned to their culture and they've turned to their past players um, to inspire them. And they always had, you know, even if those the last season or so of Lockie's career, they had Darren Lockie to, to get him out of the shit. Yep. Um, Which when did the, on when the occasions. chips were down, you know, they could rely on him to put on a play. Yep. Not always score the try himself, but you know, a, a key kick to the corner or to the in goal and lead the chase and. Or put a guy through a hole and or set up a try, and he did it countless times, time after time, and they just don't have that. And you know, when the chips are down, they drop their heads and um, and they just they lose their way. It's disappointing, but um, the Roosters weren't real flash in this game either. And I, I think that there's been a lot of emphasis on the Broncos, but not enough on just how bad the Roosters were and have been. Yeah, I agree. It was a terrible game of football, probably the worst game ever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you'd have to come close in the modern game. Like, let's think in the, since, since the life of this show. There's been has, a bunch of Parramatta pa- and Newcastle games. Parramatta and Newcastle, and has been and also Sharks Parramatta games yeah. as well that have also been bad. But you know, this one's definitely up with the, up up in that sort of ballpark. Agreed. Um, first one off the rank at J Stib. Don't care how many pineapple breezes he drinks. Broncos need Dugan now. I think they, some of their fans are going to be very disappointed there. I mean, there's going to be a certain element of the fan base that they're disappointed when they, if they do actually sign him. Um, and then there's going to be a, a whole other aspect to their fan base that's going to be disappointed when they realise that he's not the sole answer there. 
Um, they need more creativity. Um, and Dugan is not one to create countless opportunities for himself. You know who would create opportunities, though? I was watching the Intrust Super Cup on Sunday afternoon before the Channel 9 uh, delayed coverage game. Right. Burley uh, Bears versus um, the uh, the Pride. Was it Northern Pride? North yep. Queensland Pride, yeah. Down there at uh, Pizzy Park or wherever they play down the coast. Mm-hmm. And um, although he made some mistakes, the halfback for the Northern Pride ultimately created the winning plays of the match. And, uh, and he's he was- a young up-and-coming guy. And, you know, he can drink cruises. He can hold his cruises. And not only that, you could say that he could knuckle down and uh, and he could he could keep someone in line if they got out of line on the cruises. So I'm thinking that the Broncos make strategic double hire. Dugan and halfback Robert Louie <laughs> into the club. I fucking was wondering where you were going with that. They'll have a halfback? Clearly I didn't watch the Trust Super Cup on the weekend. They don't have a halfback. So they need one. They did look at him. Yeah. And I'll tell you, how many memberships do you think would be flushed down the toilet? Oh, there'd be a lot of threats. I don't think any of them would. Well, I, I mean, you know, people do follow follow through on that, though. I mean, case in point, your wife. When oh, Bird, yeah. When yeah. Greg Bird went to the Titans, she ceased their membership with the Titans. Ceased so. caring about rugby league altogether. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you know, people can, you know, it can happen. Uh, anyway, um, at Devon Head, to talk about a Vuvuzela of a game. Hash rally tell. Make me a sandwich. The Broncos attack reminds me of when I see a homeless man busk. I do a little chuckle to myself, then I feel the need to give pity money. <laughs> JR underscore buff for Broncos fans who may want to tweet him. Broncos fans irate, and it's only three games into the season. Hash LOL, hash worst fans in the league. At I don't pre- know about worst fans in the league. They're, they are very passionate, and they've become really used to success and I think this season might just be the one that brings them back a peg or two and and you realise that you're not guaranteed to make the finals every year I felt they started back a peg or two because Manly was round one yeah, and that didn't feel very full even that game and that's traditionally a game that brings a bigger crowd because you know people always like seeing the Brisbane Manly you know sort of historical clash Uh, where are we Krizzy 06 we're heading for the top of the bottom. No attack, ordinary defence. I've got nothing at the moment. Like my team, we'll get smoked versus the Storm. So that kind of resignation from Broncos mm. fans who are staunch as. Although, I think you're a bit optimistic saying top of the bottom. That means ninth, essentially. <laughs> no, I think you're going to be the you know, top of the bottom four, maybe. Or maybe top of the table if you flipped it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Broncos are getting a spoon anytime soon. Uh, yeah, and that's more to do with the, the teams that I think more to do with the Warriors and the Dragons, maybe. Um, and then, next... I've got a series of tweets from a twice or three-time co-host of this show, Mr. Wars, Sam, Mr. Underscore Wars on Twitter. He uh, was watching this, uh, streaming this game, um, you know, through the the live sports, you know, coverage that you can get overseas uh, from England, where he lives now. And he went, he had a meltdown, essentially. Which he's, he's known to do. Yeah, I didn't put all of them in there. I sort of I selectively pulled out some of them that he was tweeting. He was tweeting to other people and stuff, but I sort of tried to get like a coherent sort of narrative in there. And he said, uh, "I've never seen such a fucking tepid Broncos sign. Wholesale changes need to be made." And then he went off on several players. Uh, yeah, Hodges can't do it all. Why are we giving Reed a new contract about as potent as an attacking partner as an eighty-year-old man's erection? <laughs> Prince is a fucking liability and not the answer. Shoot him. <laughs> Norman shows no attempt returning to football. Unacceptable. Sell him. 
<laughs> How about some good fucking service from the play the ball? Hope Melbourne pumps them next week. We're reserve grade footballers. Fuck you, Brisbane. Your efforts are embarrassing. Someone needs to show leadership. Pathetic. Show some respect for the club and players that went before. And then, uh, then you got into a discussion with um with Jill. And uh, and one of his replies to her that I thought I'd bring up was, uh, he said, at this rate, I'd take Ben Cray, Gidley, or a giant dick with a tampon shoved up its ass as captain over thigh day. Wow. <laughs> That's a desperate man saying desperate My, things right there. Motherfucker needs to eat some carrots. <laughs> oh, he's... he's a bit cranky because he's, uh, he, he's, he's on a very strict diet and everything, training for, is it the Boston Marathon that's up first that he's training for? Yes, and, uh, yeah, yes so, it is. So he's training he's for strict marathon. diets of carrots, thin air, Tin tuna. and water. Yeah, and water. <laughs> Not much water, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's actually trying to starve himself, Kenyan. <laughs> so, yeah, so he can perform better in his marathon. Um, anyway, moving right along to the next game on Sunday. Uh, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 28, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 4, in front of a crowd of just over 12,000 people uh, there at Shark Stadium. Sharkies, half-time, they're up easy, 18 nil. And they scored their points as follows. Tries to John Morris, Michael Gordon, Bo Ryan, Sam Tagatizi, Jeff Robson. Michael Gordon, four of five off the boot. The Warriors, simple. Four points came from a try to Conrad Hurrell. Hot conditions for this one. They got up to well over 30 degrees. Um, and in those conditions, you've got to play ball control and you've got to play field position. Uh, what the Warriors did was turn the ball over willy-nilly. And, and that's... Exactly what leads to a scoreline of this nature. And I'll do that in any weather this year, honestly. <laughs> um, is there a coach under more pressure than, than Matt Elliott? Yeah, probably Steve Price. Yeah, you're probably right. Just on Steve Price, I heard that um, when they're talking about um, Dugan and people, and you know how this this Jordan Rankin thing popped up through the week? Yep. They're going to get him. Like, he's the answer to any any question. Jesus. He's not even the answer to the question of, you know, who's the worst player to play, in the time, play for the Titans. But, you know... Um, can't even win that. No, you can't even win that. Um, but I did hear, additionally to the Jordan Rankin and the you know the Dugan thing, is that Steve Price isn't doing any negotiations with any players whatsoever. It's being handled by Doust and someone else. So that Shanesy. Yeah, removing him from the from the player signing process that's not a good sign. No. And Elliot being first year at the, in the job, I'd say he'll get, more, he'll get some more leeway. Shanius will pop up with the Dragons or uh, or the Warriors. Yeah, but the dragons Maybe are already the in decline. They don't need sheen services at Sorry? all. Sorry, the dragons are already in decline. They don't need sheen services. <laughs> Give him a little kick along the way. He could talk his way into that job. Well, he definitely could. Like Elliot, fantastic about you know, fantastic job interview coach. Yes, fantastic. I, I suspect he would interview well. He'd be that type of guy. Yeah, he certainly. Well, yeah, he says enough that you know, it's three jobs now. Yeah, he's talking his way into. It's funny how you see people like that. I used to work with a guy that. Uh, talked his way into a, a very high-paying um, service managerial job and was possibly top five biggest fuckheads I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> this guy was just Yeah, but like, incompetent fuckhead, you say. Sorry? Incompetent fuckhead. Yeah, say, just yeah. completely and utterly incompetent. Um, he was a dick to boot, but had no idea to do the fucking job. And you look at his resume yeah. and, and the way he talked to talk... Sweet Jesus, the guy could have taken over the fucking world, MacGyver style. <laughs> a fucking pocket knife and, and a half-chewed fucking piece of gum, the way he talked, but uh, couldn't deliver. And, um, you know, he could have probably coached the Warriors better than what Matt Elliott does. So. <laughs> um, this period of adversity with the whole drug thing with the Sharks and, and 
Shane Flanagan's return and the boost that that's given the side, I think could really spur the Sharks onto a strong run through to Origin, when at which point they'll, they'll face some other challenges given that they're probably going to have a decent representation in Origin uh, with Luke Lewis, Paul Gallen, yep. at the very least. Um, you know, no doubt Bay Ryan will get a run. Um, such as the fucking furor that when he left the Tigers. Yeah. Clearly he was an origin fucking test superstar. Jeez, <laughs> um, they're putting some really solid um, performances together. Their, their camaraderie between amongst the group, you know, it's that typical um, rugby league, backs against the wall, the boys band together and, and they come out fighting and they, they Warriors had no answer. The Sharks were all over them and it, it's really impressive to see. I think the return of Flanagan, as I said, really boosted the side and, and I think that'll continue for a few weeks yet. Yeah, I mean, given it was the Warriors, I'm unprepared to really put any stock in anyone's performances over the Warriors. Sure. Just because, you know, we saw Parramatta put 40 on them before probably being smacked in their next two games against sides that aren't travelling that well anyway. Um, so, Sharkies, you know, you'll have to beat someone else before we get too excited. But uh, it was a good win uh, under trying conditions, especially for the Sydney games in, at this time of year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the Warriors, I've, the, the, there are no answers for those guys. I mean... Zero. Know, just start, I'd make a space in their trophy cabinet for the spoon. <laughs> I mean, because it's a very good chance it's coming their way. Anyway, let's take a look at Twitter. At Warmess underscore. I put more effort into my morning shits than the whole Warriors team combined. <laughs> hash mud performance, hash Warriors in decline. Uh, NJBT. Fuck the Warriors are a bludger side. You can blame Elliot, but it's like blaming a cow for an overcooked steak. <laughs> uh, at Evil Conspiracy. I wonder if Benji shed a tear when Carney embraced Bo Ryan after he scored that try. Hash replaced. No. And uh, QLD Dragon back again said, I know you boys are thinking it, so I'm just going to say it. That performance was hash mud. <laughs> and so that one's starting to slowly emerge as a, you know, as a post-Warriors game thing. The whole mud thing. Well, okay. when, when their own social media manager tweets it, it's hard not to jump on board. Pretty funny. Uh, next, yeah, the South Sydney Rabbitohs 44 defeat the Penrith Panthers 32 on the uh, on a Sunday afternoon Tom Waterhouse football uh, in front of a crowd of just under 13,000 at Centibet Stadium out there in Penrith. Half time, 34 points to 16. The Rabbits were pumping them, and the final breakdown of points went as follows: a hat trick to Nathan Merritt, John Sutton got a try, Everingham got a try, Bryson Goodwin, Ben Teo, and Greg Inglis tries. Adam Reynolds, 6 from 8. And the Panthers, 32 points came from a double to David Simmons, Sam McKendry, Brad Ty, James Sigiaro, Wes Nagama, and Luke Walsh got 4 out of 6. Bit of a shootout, this one. Really high-scoring affair, as we just ran through. But another hat-trick for Merritt. What's his career tally? About a billion. Fuck. You'd he's got five, either. he's got four, he's got about 600 hat-tricks. Yeah. Um, he just you know, seems to keep... Finding his way to the try line, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get a run in Origin. Yeah, yeah. Every year his name comes up, and you know there's a lot of bitching that he doesn't get in. Yeah. Uh, you know, eventually, Jeez, you know, in the absence wingers of are other supposed to score wingers, tries, yeah. and there's no one that does it better than him. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard. It, you know, you could make a case. Um, two subpar performances in a row for the Bunnies, um, despite getting away with the victories, and I think. You know, there's high hopes from this season, even from us, and they're just managing to hang on in this in this little run that they're on at the moment. It's really unconvincing. I think they might be, if they continue to play this way, they might be exposed against the better sides. 
Uh, but then there's, you know, given the quality of player in their team, I think, you know, the fact that they were playing Penrith and, and same similar opponent last week, they, you know, they're playing as well as they have to. Um, they, you know, it's not polished, it's not pretty in some areas. Um, they put a lot of points on. Their defence wasn't that great, and that's something that um, since... McGuire's come on board. That's what they've really tried to pride themselves on. But uh, it wasn't there to, to be displayed in this game. But they got away with a win, which is important at this time of the year. Yeah, and I mean, it's important to know the defence was atrocious in this game uh, from both sides. But the Rabbitohs, when they actually did play, you know, they sort of switched on and off. And they, they switched on, they they jumped out to 12-0 really quickly, like after a couple of minutes, like, I what, you know, by, at least by 10 minutes. Yeah. Penrith struck back immediately and got it back to even again, and then South, you know, kicked right away again. And um, then at the end, it actually got to the point where I think they, they were leading thirty-eight to thirty-two. Mm. Um, Penrith had scored a couple of tries in a row and made the big comeback, and they looked like they had all the momentum. Uh, but then South they switched on again, scored a try to seal the match, and you know that was the end of that. So um, I'd like to throw to Twitter at the moment, but there was not Could- a single fucking tweet. Wow. about this game whatsoever. The no. Panthers, just to finish off, I think the Panthers are becoming a side built around effort and commitment. Um, we've spoken before about their lack of cre- creativity, but I think Gus and Cleary have the right idea and, and they'll continue to build that side. Um, but the foundation they're building, um, as I said, around the efforts of the players are all accountable um, and, and the commitment that they're showing is a good sign. It needs some fine-tuning, but... Uh, you know, if that's the foundation f- for the side, then that you know they're going to build a really solid, um, you know, consistently performing club out there. Yep. Okay, moving on to the evening Sunday game. Canberra Raiders thirty defeated St George Illawarra Dragons seventeen and continued the hoodoo uh, down there in Canberra. Uh, just over twelve thousand fans in attendance. Half time, the unique and possibly never to be repeated half time score of. Canberra 6, St. George 5. Um, Jamie Soward, genius. Uh, the breakdown of the points was as follows. A double to Croker, a uh, double to Reese Robinson, and a single to Sandor Earl. Shandor Earl, my mistake. Jared Croker, 5 for 5 from the boot. St. George, their tries were to Brett Morris, Daniel Vito, Nathan Fiend. Jamie Soward kicked 2 from 3 on the conversions, and he grabbed himself a field goal when it was, uh, yeah, to make it 6-5. 13 years since the Dragons have beaten the Raiders down there, it's it's time to really believe in this hoodoo. Um, I think it, it even does the Dragons' heads in these days. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mass wasn't Jamie Soward's strong suit at midget school. What do you learn at midget school? Dancing? Making Climbing making into candy. lion's mouths. What do oompa-loompas do? Making chocolate. Yeah, making chocolate. Counting. That stupid little dance. Yeah, we had to learn that somewhere. Someone taught him that. Midget school, clearly. Yeah. Um, not teaching a lot of counting. No. Kicking a field goal when you're down by two. Um, Dragons are a long way off the pace at the moment, and they're, they're pissy, submissive fans know it. And you see the way they're carrying <laughs> on on Twitter. Like, fuck me, Dad. It wasn't all that long ago. You get Surely you get a five-year amnesty after your team wins a comp. Is that how long? Before you start getting what? Before you're getting pissy about not winning? Yeah. Well, I read an article from Bill Simmons saying that, you know, after you win a title... Yeah. ...you should give your team a five-year amnesty. Why? No matter how shit they go... Well, cause you, you can, can, go you can yeah, dine out, out. You can dine out on the uh, on the title there for five years. 
before it gets super old. Okay. I've been doing that for eight years now. Yeah. It's still not old for me. Really? I love it. Yeah? I'll trot out that 2005 Glorious Premiership victory whenever I get the opportunity. Um, but, yeah. It's it's, when you don't have to wait you know, years I think them. the way the Dragons are playing has caught uh, their fans by surprise. Um, I don't know get, why. I mean, were they in coma last year? <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty ugly for them at the moment. They really need to turn things around or, or it's going to be a very, very long year. Uh, Reese Robinson for the Raiders, is, is, I think he's he started to and I think he's going to make everyone in Canberra forget Josh Dugan in a hurry. Well, even when even when even um, before this game, when they put their stats lined up against each other, he'd scored more tries, he'd... Uh, he'd played he'd more made, games. Played, <laughs> played more games and made more line breaks. And, yeah, it's like he was already a better player than Dugan. Um, and yeah, now he's just got his opportunity to take it with both hands. Yeah. So, Twitter. Got some Dragons fans and some Raiders fans. Devon Head, who I uh, went to this game. Raiders fans are like the Indian cricket team. They appeal at everything. <laughs> Calm down. Mup23. By scoring first, the NRL Dragons have put themselves in a great position to choke. That's true. And, they, and that they it did. Did happen. Nismo Raiders. Hey Dragons, it's spelled H-O-O-D-O-O. The mighty Canberra Raiders will lose to the bye before we lose to you idiots. Wow. That's pretty fucking gracious. <laughs> QLD Dragon. <laughs> Fuck this. Going to drown my sorrows with a pineapple breezer. <laughs> Good idea, son. Dragons underscore Red V. That was about as titillating as a pawn with Maggie Smith and John Goodman. Now I know how it feels to be a Sharks fan. Hash Pashidic. <laughs> and uh, Mike underscore Existence. May have been against a crap side. May have been a hoodoo in our favour, but I'll take that win. The first super fun, happy feelings in 2013. And uh, they well, were looking. Canberra were looking shit ass they in were, their other games. Yeah, and they were looking shit ass in Thumped. this game at times too. I mean, like Dragon scored very easily first through uh, through Brett Morris. Um, and you know, you say that you know you can shit on that field goal and say, oh, you know, they're two points down. I mean, he just took the opportunity, grabbed the one, yeah. and probably thought it was going to be key later on in the game. And, you know, potentially, you know, something that, you know, got him three points ahead or seven points ahead if it came down to it. Where he but, could, yeah, you know, but, play up like a rock star. Yeah, but didn't. Uh, the final word goes to H Dragons fan. It said, it was like watching two amputees in an ass-kicking contest. And unfortunately, we were Oscar Pistorius' girlfriend. <laughs> Hash, allegedly. Fuck, that's horrible. <laughs> okay, next Monday night foot bitch. The Newcastle Knights shocked the world, I think. 34 Defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 6. Uh, Half time it was 14-6 in a game. The Newcastle Knights tries came to a double to the Uate Parte. Tyrone Roberts got one. Alex McKinnon, James McManus and Darius Boyd Fluffy got one. Uh, Tyrone Roberts was 4 of 6 in the goals. Jared Mullen was successful with his only attempts. Defeating North Queensland Cowboys a try to Gavin Cooper and a goal to Jonathan Thurston. Major inconsistency from the Knights to start the season. Um... Thumped the Tigers at start, got thumped last week in, in a crushing victory mm. in this game. Um, it's not really an attribute of, of a Wayne Bennett coach side, but uh, you'd imagine that he's he's going to be working on that as a priority. Yeah. And yeah. I dare say it's more inconsistent from the other team than played in this game. They're coming out looking like they were world beaters this season. Well, the hype for the Cowboys prior to the start of the season... Um, clearly didn't see this game coming. No. Um, the way they, they play didn't uh, didn't do justice to their, their credentials, which I think they're are definitely a premiership c- contender, but um, they're going to have to, you know, 
approach games like these with a different mindset. They, um, I think they might have thought they were going to come in against the Knights and, um, and, and have their way with them, but the Knights are, you know, just too... They were too good for them. Um, they were too well coached. I think they executed their game plan to perfection. Um, and Tyrone Roberts was the difference in the end. Um, overcame the adversity of being named Tyrone to make the Knights <laughs> seriously consider letting Gidley captain from the bench in future. Yep. It was did a bit a of a late stand-in for Gidley and, um, and did carved up. Did a wonderful job coaching and captaining from the bench, though. Yes. Did Gidley. Well, he's got it in his game. Yeah, he does. But Cowboys, I, mean, I, absolutely, I did not see this game coming at all. I think I might even tip the Cowboys. I suspect I did as well. And um, look, I think you, you can't really sleep on the Knights at this stage. Um, but they've developing a little bit of a habit for uh, you know win loss win that's yeah. not a good side for any side that's trying to build consistency certainly one with Wayne Bennett at the helm he won't put up with that for long uh, but good confidence boosting win for them the Cowboys back to the drawing board and, and, and with a, a bit to do but you know given some of their other performances it could have been a blip on could prove to be a, a blip on their radar but um, we'll have to see how they bounce back given it was Monday Night Football um, shorter turnaround this week, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. All right, now, the tweets that we had this week were mostly about the amount of blood in the game. Um, Devon Head, there's been more blood in this match than the synced-up cycles at a nunnery. <laughs> now, just such a random pull there. I mean, what he has to, you know, what he knows about nuns, I'm not sure. The Chapo, 82. Last time I saw this much blood, it was happy hour at the MacArthur Tavern. <laughs> and uh, JR underscore Buff. There must be razor blades in the grass at Hunter Stadium tonight. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's all about the blood. And then we had uh, Brendan Kelly. Brendan uh, underscore Kelly. It could be worse for the Cowboys. They could be playing at 1,300 waterhouses. And uh, <laughs> R. Popsh. Corbin Sims is already the second best Sims brother. He lined up Ashton a few times tonight. Hash looks like a gun. Previews. First game, Thursday night football. Not sure how I feel about Thursday night game for my team. Just feel, I mean, I know that when I'm um, putting together like the match, uh, you know, recaps and stuff like that for the show, some of the Thursday night game, when you go back that far, yeah. it feels like it was like, could it even be, you, you get confused. Was it, the, was it the round before? Did they play this like, last week or did they play like, you know, the round before? So I just, it's going to, it's going to suck because like the football weekend is going to be over well before the actual weekend even starts. I think this but, one, I think you'll remember this one, mate. I oh, think this one will be burnt into your memory. Yeah. Uh, much like the Knights know, game. For all the wrong week. reasons for you. Unlikely. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles. We're going to absolutely drill the West Tigers at Blue Tongue. Um, now, is this one going to be live? I mean, I know they tweaked it slightly for Queensland, so we do get the game. As of last week, we got the Thursday night game live, right? Did we? Did we? I think. Was did it I, live? I think so. I can't. Oh, I it? find it hard to keep up with, to be honest. Yeah, well, either way. I'll stream myself, it's live. I'll stream um, um, In the West Tigers' favour, referees. Blue no, no. Well, yeah, we, we went through a period no, there at Blue Tongue where we were undefeated for like eight eight games in a row. There's something. Yeah. Blue Tongue is, is a happy hunting ground for us. And also for us, too. And, and it was actually a blue tongue where we uh, got the, the uh, immortal 38-20 victory, I believe, which resulted in your whole head getting painted. And also the victory last year where I ended up with a jersey. What's the bet this year, Nathan? Another jersey? 
haven't even thought about it, hey? I mean, this game really snuck up. I didn't even realise until, you know, until, you know, yesterday. Ah, I knew it was coming, mate. Did you? Yeah. You've been a bit quiet pencil, about it. Penciled it in at the start of the season. Did you? You've been a little bit, you've been a little bit quiet about it. But uh, hopefully we get it live. I mean, otherwise, we're just going to have to fucking stream it somewhere. Again, I don't really want it as a stream, but you've got to do bet? what you've got to do. I don't know. I haven't even thought about the bet. Another jersey? Yeah, if you want. Whatever. Cool. Actually, because I could use one of those away fucking Kaspersky ones with the V. They're fucking awesome. Deal. Done. All right. Hot, hot jerseys. $2,000 for a Skyfall jersey. I'm not, but I'm not, (laughs) but yeah, but yeah, I refuse to buy, even if the Skyfall jerseys were available at a retail point, I'd still refuse to buy one of those because I think they just look absolutely fucking shithouse. Piss off, mate. Uh, A little bit worried about the the Tigers' left left side defence with Milky. out there with, with Joel Reddy, a little bit inexperienced. And I think they could get carved up by Jamie Lyon, but um Yeah, and then you've got then you got uh, Utah on the other side and and you know and you know that that, that Matai and, and Jorge are gonna absolutely turn those to well, Betty, Betty White into their bitches all night long. Matt Utah's a um runs a ball back quite well, which Joel Reddy doesn't do, and Joel Reddy's quite good under the high ball, which Matt Utah clearly at, at two foot nothing isn't quite great at either, but, um, you know, maybe, just maybe, Manly might kick all the high balls to Joel Reddy and um, kick the balls along the ground to Matt Utah and let him run the ball back. Manly don't kick high balls to the wing. They don't? No. Right. They do the chip, they, they do the they do the loft, the, the lofted cover drive from, from, from just left of the uprights to just right of the uprights where Jamie Lyons sweeps in. Reddy's going to be standing out there on the side. It's not even going to be his, it's going to be his problem. It's going to be Aishford's uh, problem, I think. Oh, I suspect Robbie Farrell will probably get back there and tidy all those up. Uh, look, I think it's just too much for Manly to worry about in this Tigers team. Um, Adam Blair, <laughs> um, namely. Adam Blair will take care of six of them on his own. Um, that's only going to leave, you know, seven more players for, for the likes of Robbie Farrell, Benji Marshall, um, Chris Lawrence in, in blistering try-scoring form, Tim Molson to, to, to really carve up. I mean, I can't see a victory for the Eagles here. I can't see a possible victory for the Tigers because um, you know, they're propless, essentially, as a side. Um, uh, Aaron Woods, uh, possibly yeah, the, the greatest front-row prospect in the NRL at the moment. Yeah, Jack then, Buchanan, who's not far behind him, it's although hopeless. unheralded. Hopeless. Um, Adam Blair can play prop at a pinch. I mean, Adam Blair, as we established last week, he can't even play football in line position. Don't even uh, start doing that shit. Don't about, bring that uh, evil into this, into this house. What about uh, So Manu Fungai? Yeah, sensational he is. That's a venereal disease. That's not even a person. What are you talking about? You're making it up. It it does sound a little bit like a, something you'd find in a test tube. But Where's Dale Husband when we need him? That guy, um, I thought he went quite well in his debut last week. Come on, had a fair few touches, went off again, <laughs> come back on again, had a couple more touches, game yeah, as, over. As, as players do when they play the game of rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but but I, I seriously, I mean, um, Tigers but, boy, uh, you know, a good eighteen points. Benji's Benji's in decent form. Robbie's in decent form. That's it. When you know, when you look at Matai is going to absolutely beast mode Lawrence. Perhaps break his hip. Um, you know, all, all legal, all legal. Um, you know, the halves, man, those halves are far better. The packs better. Their backs are better. The spines better. The Our full backs better. better. The bench is better. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at. Yeah, what? fuck me. There's going to be some fucking tries let through at the back there. And um, Jacob on... Miller, the the arrival of the new era um, against you know the, that guy it was okay a couple of seasons ago. It was you know Jacob Miller will, will put his stamp on the NRL and um, 
and lead the Tigers to victory. Jacob Miller's going yep. back to New South Wales Cup after this game. He's going to be so humiliated. He just won't be able to get up for football in the NRL standard. Um, and Let's go to the next game, shall we? I'm putting this in a multi, this one. I am betting on this game as well, actually, money betting. Excellent, me too. And uh, man, Tigers 30 and I'm plus, actually, I'm going to put 100 on it. Yeah, go on then. Why don't you just give me the 100, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Um, I'm going to actually, I'll be putting in my multi, I'll be putting Sea Eagles, uh, and I'll I'll pick my own line, and I will say Sea Eagles giving away 6.5 start. So, mainly by minimum of 7. Okay, next. Canterbury banks down Bulldogs versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. This one is the Good Friday match, so it's an early kickoff of uh, 4 p.m. live um, on Fox. So, doggies, the return of Barber, the return that's of big, Pritchard, maybe. That's a big story, but I, I think that might work in the Rabbitohs' favour given their recent form over the last couple of weeks. The Broncos have been travelling along okay, uh, some gritty and committed performances, but the Rabbitohs are by, by far the, the side given the last couple of games with the, the most improvement left in them. And I think that um, whilst the, the dogs will be definitely gallant, I think you can't expect Ben Barber's first game back to deliver a victory against you know one of the premiership favourites. And I think the Rabbitohs will lift, given that Barber is back. Um, and I think they might be somewhere near their best and get over the top of the dogs. As much as I like to see the Rabbitohs win, I think the Dogs will probably win. I just I don't like what I'm seeing from the Rabbitohs as far as defence is concerned. Mm. And I think the Bulldogs, if they would do, will do one thing, and, and something that hasn't really been altered too much by Barber being out is that you know, their defence has been okay. Yeah, I think if they, they can if they can cover what the Rabbitohs can do, then you know Barber, you know, those guys, just his presence there will probably lift the lift the side anyway. Agreed. Um, forwards, if they if if Pritchard turns out to be fit and he gets in there, then you know there's probably a you know a case to be made there. You know their Packers, you know much improved. The possible game breaker in this in this match, Tony Williams, meaning if he just plays lazy, then the Dogs have got a chance. If he plays diabolically shit then that might be the opportunity the Rabbitohs have to uh, to win the game because there's no question about it, he won't play well. Rabbitohs by 12. Yeah, see, I put, I put my tips in initially and I think I might have picked the Dogs. And I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just expecting them to click, I think. But yeah, we'll see. Next one, uh, another good Friday game. This one is Friday night football. And uh, I assume you're going to this one. Brisbane Broncos versus Melbourne Storm. Yes, we'll Uncle. be there. All right, so... The Storm by, I might even do a custom line, Storm by 17, Fuck 18, me, 19. The Storm are going to absolutely obliterate the Broncos. It's going to be sad to see because I think a lot of their fans are going to be very, very upset with the, the result. Um, but, Jesus, Storm looked good last week against a side that's um, much better than what the Broncos are at the moment. And just too many, too many arrows, too many arrows in the Storm. I yeah. think they'll score too many, way too many points, and the Broncos won't be able to go with them. And the thing is, they, you know, Broncos fans are like, oh, you know, we, you know, I hope the Storm slaughters this week, you know, so it'll herald some changes. But you know what? What if it doesn't? If it does, who can they change to? Oh, Denon Kemp's waiting to come up. Fucking yeah. match breaker, he is. Guys, yes. the cupboard's bare. You might have a couple of young guys that are worthwhile coming through, but let me tell you, nothing that's going to change the trajectory of this season. Because none of them play halves. Fuck, we're going to lose some listeners this week. We're bagging the Broncos. The, the Broncos fans are bagging themselves. I mean, this is the most depressed I've seen the fan base in a very long time. Um, and rightfully so. They're playing like shit. 
So, so how much did Storm going to win by? I think I might take him by 19.5 on it if I was a betting man. I think the Storm will score at least 40 points. 40? Fuck, mm. really? I've got him at least scoring 30. And, and I, I think the Broncos, Broncos are lucky to score 10. Because, well, this is the thing. The Storm, their defence is great too. Mm. You know, take the attack out of it. Their defence is great. Sure. And the Broncos' attack is, well, nothing. It's, it's negligible. So I just, I just don't know where the points are going to come from, to be honest. I expect the, the real dist- distaste from the Broncos' former players. You can hear the rumblings already, but I think uh, after this game, it'll, it'll really swing into uh, top gear. And Hook will get the hook. I don't think Hook will get hooked. <laughs> he should, though. I mean, he's presided over the, the period of the you know worst Broncos period in recent history, as far as success is concerned. Well, he didn't inherit Ivan Henjak's side. Yeah, that's true. Okay, next, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on St. George Illawarra Dragons at Shark Stadium. This one is on Saturday. It is a 7.30pm game. So this one. I'm going to have to say the Sharks. I'm not even thinking about it. Sharks by plenty. I don't think the Dragons will have enough strike power to, to go with the Sharks, given you know that they've got Gordon, Carney, uh, Gallon, Luke Lewis, Wade Graham. It was too many... Too many options on the fringes, and I don't think the Dragons will be able to hold them out uh, from there. Um, yeah, it could get ugly. Shark Stadium, local derby. Yep. Um, Traditionally, the younger brother that's been beaten up on by the Dragons over the sure. years, and I think they'll get him this one. I remember last time they, it was you know this time last year when they kind of had this game, and it was the big upset. Or was that the year before? Remember they had the, that was the epic the epic upset victory for the Sharkies mm. when people started going oh actually you know maybe they, you know they might actually maybe be reasonable got yeah yeah this time it's not going to be an upset they deserve to go into the favourites and I think they'll win well the Dragons are a rabble they have you know they've always had trouble putting on a lot of points um, but even when they did when that was the case you know formerly with the Bennett era they had this you know brick wall defence that they would not let in any points as well. That's no longer there. Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, this, this defence is still okay, but it's nothing like it was, and their attack's got nothing. Okay, next one. Where are we? Sunday, 3pm, Channel 9 game, Penrith Panthers versus Gold Coast Titans down at Centibet Stadium. Titans traditionally not a travelling side. Um, they had to have the new team spirit this year. The Panthers, who fucking knows? I mean, you know, they can score points, no doubt about it, but their defence, not so good. Very true. I think the, the Panthers might get through this one just based on that um, dedication and commitment that, that Gus and Cleary are instilling in the side, which I spoke about earlier. And I think the Titans, again, away from home, um, you know, they faded noticeably in that game against Manly, and uh, I, I think that uh, the Panthers at home will just, just squeak home. Ashley Harrison named, but there is an extended bench there with, with Luke Steve o- Michaels on it Luke O'Dwyer and Steve Michaels yeah, uh, yeah tremendous tremendous um, only, I'm, only the uh, extra long benches does Steve Michaels get to sit on yeah yeah. Um, now look, I want to I want to tip the Titans but yeah I just don't the more I think about it the more I just think there's uh, you know I don't really rate them. They have great defence, but they, they they did fade out badly into that game and the Panthers you know to their credit came home very strongly at the end of their game. So, and making up a huge deficit of points. So, uh, I think, you know, based on that, if Penrith can keep it close enough, Penrith then, yeah, they might be good enough. All right. Where are we now? We know what the punters want. We know what punters want. They want Tom to fuck off. Exactly. Fuck off, Tom.com. Sign the, survey. Sign the uh, petition to 
to rid the scourge of gambling off our Channel 9 broadcasts. Now, Newcastle Knights taking on the Canberra Raiders at home at the Hunter Stadium there. And uh, Knights, you know, this is a game that's set up for them to win and, and win quite well, I think, and Certainly try and capitalise on the momentum from the win over the Cowboys. Which I think they might just do. I think the Raiders probably um, turned turned it on last week and, and got the job done. But the Knights at home, uh, given their last performance, I, I think... Unless the, the Monday night hangover has an effect on them, but... Um, yeah, I'm you not know, sure. You know, it shouldn't be too bad. The I mean, Raiders are all, we're always going to be up for that Dragons game. Yeah. Um, so the jury's out as to whether that is was a catalyst for some, some extended periods of, of good form for them or whether it was just a, a flash in the pan. I'm going to go with it was a flash in the pan and the Knights will win well. Yep, me too. Okay, now where are we? Easter Monday. The New Zealand Warriors take on the North Queensland Cowboys over there at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. This one is an early game, a 4pm game on the Monday. Uh, Warriors, absolute rabble. Cowboys, you couldn't tip the Warriors. Cowboys, I predict, a strong bounce-back factor. They won't be happy with the, yeah, the way they got done on Monday night. Uh, they obviously consider themselves to be a better side than that, and I think they're going to prove it and prove it pretty well too. I couldn't sit here with a straight face and tip the Warriors. Um, I think the Cowboys, as you say, have a little bit to prove. They were disappointing last week, and they'll want to steady the ship again. Um, off the back of JT, and I, I think they'll win handily. All right, which leaves us one game left, and it's the traditional Monday night foot pitch game on Monday evening. Sydney Roosters taking on the Parramatta Eels. Um, April Fool's Day. Couldn't be more appropriate. Um, <laughs> And this one, well, you know, Roosters, you know, on paper are a better side. In practice, though, they only just scraped over the Warriors in New Zealand. And they, although they blanked the Broncos, they only scored eight points themselves. So they kind of scraped that one in as well. Uh, and lost a, a convincingly to the South in the first game of the season. They're certainly travelling better. You know, winning form is still better form than the, the Eels have got at the moment. So. I think Eels. Really? Yep. I think Sandow, Hayne, Jacob Loco's in good form. I think they can do it. I think they'll, Stewart will have them fired up given their first half performance against the Tigers. Um, he'll want them to get out there and start well. Um, they'll go out there with that fresh in their minds and, and uh, get ahead of the Roosters and, and you know get them out of the game before they, they really know what's hit them. Yeah, I'm inclined to tip the Roosters because the Eels, who knows what they're like yet. And, I mean, it's, you could say that for any side. I mean, it's still very early in the season, but, you know, some of the form tends to be selling a bit and we're getting an idea where these teams are. And I just guess just on the basis of winning form being, you know, better than losing form and the heavy losses, uh, have to go with the Roosters. That is full time for episode 113. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button and share our posts and all that sort of thing. Uh, help us spread the word, and you know, you never know where it goes. I mean, you know, one of the guys hit the share button on that uh, Billy Slater picture, and motherfucker went viral. So it was all good. Um, iTunes, we got a couple of reviews over the past week. We got one from uh, Stibster. 
And he said in brackets, yep, the new guy. So um, he obviously he's been uh, doing some uh, some decent tweets for us lately as well, and a couple this week too. Hash, Thanks, buddy. Hash work productivity in decline, five stars. It's only taken me three seasons to finally catch on to the pod craze sweeping the NRL nation. Two hours of absolute dribble every week from a couple of blokes blindly biased towards their own teams may not sound worthy of a listen, but it's funny dribble, and what else am I going to do at work? Five stars from me, boys. Great stuff. Cheers, buddy. That's a fantastic review. One of the best we've ever received. And we're going from CB underscore Bulldogs fan. Great show. Every episode is wicked. Five stars. Great show. Even better than listening to two old guys arguing about league in an RSL. Often biased and always funny, even when they bag on your team. Nate and Glenn have built something great here, especially with the amount of interaction on Twitter. Keep up the good work and hash Tigers in decline. It was going so well. Love it. What a fantastic review. And guys, if you want to do a review, just go to iTunes, find This Week in League. We're always up around the top uh, in the sports and recreation, or just type in a search This Week in League. And uh, get in there, throw us a rating, throw us a review, and uh, you too will get read out on the show. Tipping. This week was uh, wasn't a tipocalypse because some people did you know get some successful rounds, which I, I find fucking mystifying to be honest. How people could get too successful? Um, let's not talk about success and you in any possible breath. Because how bad was I? You're fucking atrocious. Have you even put your tips in the last two weeks, dude? I swear to God, I, I'm sure I, I actually was trying to find you today uh, to find how bad you were going to get your ranking so I could say what it was. And I had trouble finding you, so I had to search to make sure you hadn't up and left the competition. That's bad. And then I found you, and I think you said you hadn't logged in since March, March 7th. That could or be maybe something 17th. But yeah, <laughs> put your fucking tips in, dude. You'll, you'll see. I mean, you, I just want to tell you, we, we've probably... This Thursday night thing's fucking me up. Yeah, but yeah, it's a rolling lockout, though. You can still tip the rest of the games. This week, I did the same thing. I fucked up the Thursday one. Um, didn't put the tip in for that. And... Um, and so I think it probably gives you the away team. So that's one of the ones I lost. But, I, you know, um, we go to the, the, the chart anyway. Um, Michael Darren, 79, is taking the lead. Well, it's a share of the lead on 21. Uh, he got six this week. The Real Jedi got six as well, and he's on 21. And we got uh, Shell Geddes. Uh, he's got seven and uh, a score of 21. So that's a, the top three places all on the same points. And then we've got Boxcar Jason. Got seven last week. He's on 20. And Williams, 277. on six points. And so a total score of 20. And uh, I'm in ninth. I think I'm one point off the lead or two points off the lead. You, without a word of a lie, are in 109th position. <laughs> About fifth off the bottom, if if that much. Fuck. You need, you need to start climbing back up real quick. Work to do. Yeah, a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. I mean, I've already had a, I've already got a free whopper this season. Have you? Yeah, I didn't get one all last season. I don't think I've got one any season. God damn it. Got one in the second round. Okay. Fantasy. Okay, so th- this week uh, the head-to-head stuff starts in Supercoach. So you know, get in there and tweak your team, and uh, you know, make yourself competitive or do what you got to do. But on the overall group, we've got Ross's Rascals is in he- is in the lead. Uh, then following up, we've got the Assassins. So Harvey is the person that coaches Ross the Ra- Ross's Rascals. The Assassins are Jasmine S. Then we've got Dane Laurie for PM. It says Michael T. So I'm just wondering if that's a yes. Tell Mick Tracy. Uh, then we've got. Reaper Crew in fourth, Fuck. which is Kyle, your nemesis, and then do the Halen Shake mm, from Halen. God. So I assume the Halen Shake is similar to Harlem Shake poop, except you do it on yourself. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
that's our top five anyway. So um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how that proceeds. And then obviously there's a head to head, which is a bit of a distraction as well because you know it's just you're playing off against someone else, you know, rather than just going for the points. Um, now shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, the hats, flat brim and curved brim, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because, uh, as you know, we're clearing out the shirts as well at half price. Buy some shit, motherfuckers. Exactly, because we, we've almost got rid of those shirts, so we want to get rid of those so we can start getting in the uh, you know Tigers in Decline shirt and you know uh, a Twill Nation shirt. And the rally towels, I had a look and see what rally towels are worth. I don't even know if we'll need them printed on both sides, but... Um, to get them like printed on both sides, it's like it's not much. Like if you get like 250 of them, they're like a, you know, not much. I mean, we can get them for like cheaper than I thought, okay. which means we'll be able to which, which, sell them cheap. We, we'd be able to sell them for less than 10 bucks. Put it that way. Yeah, I'd say. So, um, so it's definitely something we should look at doing. Um, seems seems pretty simple to do. Uh, we just need to figure out what we're going to do on them. But uh, yeah, we want to get those in there too. But to do so, we need to clear out the rest of the shirts just because we're yeah, sick of holding onto them. So. Um, with shirts, I mean, I, don't, I can't remember what the stock take was, but like, if you're after anything, like, up to XL still available, very light, very light, if not non-existent, it's in small, but mm. I think from, I think from medium, from medium, from medium to XL, we're going I okay. Think, I think we're okay, and I think what the most, the, mo- the most we have left is probably sitting in large. I don't yeah. actually think we have any XLs left. Really? Not even any XLs? No. So it's mostly medium and larges then? Yeah. I know the two XLs went pretty quickly because we only we didn't get uh, too many of those in there. So we're, okay, so medium and large, especially get in there and grab your shirt while it lasts. And uh, yeah, and if you get it, uh, spend over fifty bucks, we'll throw in a stubby cool for free as well. So do it because we're generous motherfuckers. We are, we are, we love you guys. We're trying to take care of you with uh, mad bargains. Can <laughs> 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 oh, So that's it. Early one this week. Yeah. We braced through it. So it's probably probably light on the content this week. What a lot, cracking lot of, effort. Yeah, cracking effort. I mean we got professionals. We are we're getting more and more professional about professional it. bitches. We we've we've only done it hundred and twelve times, hundred and thirteen times now. You know, you'd think we'd be uh, getting okay at it. <laughs> or at least knowing what we're doing. Or but, not. But yeah. Exactly. Well, that's all we've got time for anyway. Can't so. wait to see the Tigers kick off round four with a crushing victory over Manly. I can't wait to see Manly. Probably, you know, there's every every opportunity that uh, Manly will hold the Tigers to nil. Actually, thirty six nil, something like that. Wouldn't that be? You wouldn't even throw show your face next week. I'll be here, mate. No matter what, it's <laughs> the kind of person I am. <laughs> All right, I may not be. See you next week. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.